Welcome to episode 211 of the Thunder Underground podcast. Trent and Jason here. And this week we've got Eric Kluber joining us. Very cool. This will be his second time joining us on the podcast. First time when he was on the podcast, he had two bands going on. Now he's just got one going, but full focus and they're doing a lot of stuff. So we're going to talk about all that here coming up. Definitely. It's a good conversation. So uh, glad we could roll it all on out for everybody. Yeah, yeah, looking forward to getting that here in a bit. But before we do, we should let you know that we are sponsored by DEB Concerts and Med Farm. DEB Concerts, based here in Tulsa, keeps bringing a lot of great shows to the Tulsa area. They started here a couple years ago with Winger, and since then they brought in bands like Striper, Warrant, Bisto Blanco, Steelheart, Warrant, I just said Warrant, mm-hmm. I repeat myself already. It's okay, it's <laughs> all right. Dockin', Firehouse, a huge long list of bands from the 80s era, L.A. Guns, Sebastian Bach, Tom Kiefer, and then most recently, this past week, they brought in Saxon, and we talked about that leading up to it, how it was going to be great, and it did not disappoint in the least. It was fucking phenomenal. Set list of all set lists. That's right. And now, they just announced that they are partnering to present a show at the BOK Center. Yes. So DEB Concerts is up in their game. They are bringing Snoop Dogg, Nelly, and Chromio to the BOK Center on April 12th. I know that's not our normal fare. That's not DEB Concerts' normal fare, but you got to branch out sometimes. That's right. I'm, I think it's great. Uh, there's nothing wrong with diversity, right. especially... In a business sense, it makes complete sense. And, you know, the branching out is just a beautiful thing to see. Um, and uh, I just can't wait to see what these guys do next. And um, I'm glad they're on board with us here at Thunder Underground for sure. That's right. And they've already announced that they've got more rock shows coming this year. So as soon as those are announced, you'll hear it here. Exactly. Very proud of DEB concerts. Definitely. We are also sponsored by MedFarm. MedFarm is a dispensary that's fairly new here in the Broken Arrow area. And in fact, they've been open a little bit, but their official grand opening is this Saturday, February 23rd. So get out there. I'm sure they've got a lot going on for that. But in the meantime, they're open every day of the week. And every Friday and Saturday, they have a doctor in there from 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. Where if you need to get a card, you can go in there and see the doctor. And then once you do that, you tell them, hey, Thunder Underground sent me, and you'll get 10% off your first order. How great is that? That's super mega kung fu great. That is. They've got a wide selection, and on top of all that great stuff, their slogan is cannabis with a cause, because 30% of their profits are going to help build no-kill animal shelters in this area, which is another huge thing. Because That's just great, because a lot of times when people put profits towards something, it's like 10%. Yeah. So they're doing a good third of their profits are going towards a huge thing that's needed in this area or any area. Yeah, that's that's awesome. Yeah, so thank you to Med Farm. Follow us, or excuse me, yeah, follow us more, more you're at it, but follow them on Facebook. It's Med, P-H-A-R-M. You can also follow them on Instagram, at MedFarmOK. Okay. All right, so we mentioned just a minute ago that Saxon, and you mentioned how great the set list was. Definitely. We're not going to give you our normal 10 to 15 minute rundown because we've already done that on our YouTube channel. That's right. So now's the time where you're listening to this podcast, whether it's on your phone 
or whatever, your computer, pull up the other one and go to youtube.com and find her, her tag is at the Tone Underground and subscribe to our channel. Yeah, yeah, we did a whole rundown of the Saxon show. We've got a few more videos we did recently that are uh, that are up there. Right. Well, we wanted to give you just kind of a short synopsis of the thing. Down for Five and Mudflux both opened the show, both area bands, and both put on amazing performances. Yes, they turned in great sets. Yeah, absolutely. We knew they would. They are both great live bands. We've seen Down for Five live going back to their first run a long time ago. Yeah. Very glad that they're back together. And they, they sounded really good this time around. I mean they always do, but um, you know, something something was in the something was in in the potion that night. Um I don't know, the stars aligned and uh they turned in a really, really great set. Yeah, these guys will also be playing at Rocklahoma on the D and B processing stage, which I should mention is a D B concert event. Hell yes, that's right. They promoted that stage. That stage will also feature Mudflux as well. Yes. And Rocket Science, which is a band that features two of the members of Down for Five. Mudflux also put on a great show. This band's really well put together. They got a huge stage presence and they bring it. Hard yeah. hitting music, great band. Yeah, they're visual. They got a they've got a plan and they've got a setup and um it did not fail them uh at the Saxon show. They put on a, a great show. Yeah, and if you're in the Midwest area, this band gets out and tours this area, this region of the country quite a bit, so be on the lookout for them. Yeah. And then Saxon. Like we said, we went into great detail about this, but they did a really diehard fan-centric set. Definitely. Spans 40 years. Yeah, it was actually the kickoff show. Yeah, yeah, it was amazing. Yeah, they opened the show with Thunderbolt and then went into three of their biggest hits. And then from then on, they just started going deep. Definitely. And they covered stuff from the very first album, clear up to the new album, even stuff from the last few years, which a lot of bands shy away from, which I thought was really cool. And then they brought it back around with some more, you know, well-known songs for the average fan. Of course. But this band's on fire. They never have let off the gas, and all five of these guys are at the top of their game. Biff Byford's a fucking monster on the vocals, just like... Nigel is on the drums. This whole band, fucking fantastic. So, like we said, YouTube.com, at The Thunder Underground. Subscribe to us. We got a video on there. It's about 17, 18 minutes long where we go into detail on that Saxon show. That's right. So go check that out. All right, let's play some music. Right now, we're going to play a band called A Deer, A Horse, and this song is called Double Wide.
double wide from a deer, a horse out of Brooklyn, New York. That's right. So just first initial reaction, what did you think when you heard that? Um, I love this song. Um, yeah. You know, it, it's heavy. It's, um, you know, it sets a, a mood. It's a little, uh, you know, doomy, not in the way of doom metal, but, you know, it's kind of scary. Um, but then there's also like some avant-garde underground kind of leanings too. Right. Um, you know, I, I, I was so happy we could play this song and I'm glad these guys reached out to us. Yeah. With a, a great voice that almost fits a more kind of punk or alternative vibe to me. Yes. With music that fits more of a stoner doomy vibe mm -hmm. and you bring them together and it's a great marriage, so to speak. Yeah, yeah. The, and these guys have got uh, some other songs. Uh, just look them up. Uh, you won't be disappointed. Yeah, absolutely. They're on Spotify. They've got an EP out and a couple other songs from last year. So look up A Deer, A Horse. Let's just get into the subject at hand now. Eric Kluber is the guitarist for the band Boyd Vader. Formerly, we've played that band on here. We've also played Iron Knot on here a couple times. He was the vocalist and bassist of Iron Knot. He was in the band Gypsy Hawk, which many of you might know. He was in White Wizard for a period. Yes. He was in, even he's toured with Scattered Hamlet, as we talked about in this interview. That's right. This guy's kind of done a lot of stuff. Wait, you know, I hate to, I hate to uh, get off subject here for a minute, but uh, actually I don't hate to. It's our show. We can do whatever we want. Hashtag tangent. That's right. <laughs> when we saw... Fucking, remember the fly trap? I think it's Whiskey 918 now in Tulsa. Yeah. We saw Corpaclani and Swashbuckle and White Wizard. And Tear. And Tear. And Tear. Fuck yeah. And White Wizard. Fucking best. Was was he with White Wizard then? When did we see that? That was 2009, I think. Uh, okay. And he, he might not have been. I and I, I really think that a couple years ago, the first time that we... Had him on the podcast. Yeah. I looked that up and I don't, I forgot to ever ask him, but I think, like he mentions in this interview, 2010, and I think, I don't think he was in the band at that time. Okay. Okay. Gotcha. That's, I just, that, I, that just popped up in my head. I, I just yeah. wanted to ask you. <laughs> <laughs> but that's another great band that's, doesn't really ever get the just do, just like yeah. all these other bands we're talking about, right? That's right. But yeah, Eric Kluwer goes into a ton of stuff about what he's got going on. So I think we should just get into it now. did that midwest tour this past november yeah december fall like, of winter tour like what made you guys want to tour the midwest being from california in the middle of cold <laughs> as hell <laughs> yeah well it wasn't it wasn't that cold i thought it'd be a lot colder this is about expanding territory yeah and my home my i spent a lot of years in detroit the, the 10 years like a lot of my high school years and uh like on and off and also, like, the previous 10 years before L.A., I lived in Detroit. So it was it was to get out to Detroit and back and see if we could do it. And we wanted to fit one last tour in before the end of the year. That was really important. So 
That's why we did it then. Right. You know, because well, we had we had such a good time on the South by Southwest tour, which was the first time the, the guys had gotten out of California and made it out to, to Texas. And, and we didn't make it to Tulsa, but we made it to Oklahoma City and back. So it takes a long time to plan these tours. As soon as we got back from that one, we had to start with the, we call it the fall of winter because as far as I'm concerned, I think it was December, it's winter time. Right. Well, you guys already looking ahead. Fall. What's that? Are you guys already looking ahead to another tour in 2019 or you got working on yeah. that yet? Oh, we're working on that now. In fact, we're wrapping it up and I'm hoping to announce it within the next couple of weeks. And we have to get started on creating the merchandise. We're going to do the Skeleton Crew Tour, and we're going to make it out to the East Coast. We're going to get out to New York City and Boston and Connecticut and Providence, Rhode Island. That's the goal of that one. Nice. So that'll, yeah. would that be your first time out in the Northeast since the Gypsy Hawk days? Or? Yeah. Yeah, well, it's been a long time. I loved going out there. Boston was always one of the best, as well as uh, New York City. We played quite a bit. I look forward to it, man. It's been since like 2013, I believe. Yeah, so the guys, and then we got like a lot of friends of mine that I've made over the years reside on the East Coast, and we never get to see them. Like, like Adam, Chili Bowl from Scattered Hamlet. He's from Rhode Island. Right. Our buddy Joey from Final Drive lives in uh, Connecticut. He's uh, helping us out with that particular show. And my buddy Steve Seabury, who runs High River Sauces, uh, and he actually managed White Wizard. That was a band I was in back in 2010. So he's in New York City, and then Al Dawson from Eric Records. We keep in touch a little bit. So it's great to come out and, and say hi to people again after all these years. Yeah, sounds like you got some good connections there. Well, yeah, you can see connections, friends, however. I mean, it's how the world works. That's right. And every once, every once in a while, I'm lucky because I live in L.A., so a lot of people do, every once in a couple of years, come out here, whether they're on tour, whether it they just end up at the Rainbow. Everyone ends up at the Rainbow, and I get a chance to see them, but this is my chance to go out to the East Coast, which has been a long time. Well, you guys put out the Put Away Wet single here two or three months ago. Like, what has the response been like so far? The response, oh, we've been playing that song on the road, and I think think people liked it. You know, what's interesting is that it was, we put the song out to give something new. And uh, and then we just went on the road, and like, have we really gauged it or like paid attention? I don't know. The tour was just super successful. We are re-recording that song along with five others with Bill Matoyer. And that's going to be part of our EP, which is called Stranded. They're going to be in, it's going to be entitled Stranded and that we hope to release before this tour happens in late March. Okay. Have you guys get a chance to check the put away wet song? Yeah. Yeah. We actually played it around that time on the podcast. Yeah. That's a great song, man. Yeah, I mean, it's got a lot of good parts with the, it's got the slowdown section in the middle uh, as well. It's just a fast punk upbeat and some good guitar jingling and uh, fun gang vocals. Yeah, people <laughs> dig that one. Goes over well live. And I think people are going to 
are going to be, I think they're going to be happy with the new EP. It's like I said, Bill Matoyer did the first um, three Slayer records and DRI. And more recently, he put out Body Count and Municipal Waste. So that's just an idea of some of his production styles. And he called Stranded. And now he's picking up on this tour. Hell yeah. It'll be happening. Well, how'd you guys end up working with him? You know, we run into him. Um, quite a few times up at a bar in North Hollywood called Skinny's. And they have performances on Wednesdays. We go hang out uh, for this night called Rockaholics. And we've performed it a few times. And Lucas has done been a part of the house band. And I played there with Iron Eye. So we've known them through the years. And uh, I think that's a direction that Lucas wanted to have a bit of a more raw direction. And, uh, that's how we got to meet him and stay in contact, and that's how it worked out. So I love about this town. I mean, you do run into some a lot of interesting people that have a lot of different talents and a lot of very professional talents, and things just work out organically like that a lot. And not really a big preconceived idea or master plan. You happen to rub elbows a lot, and then the timing works out. It's pretty beautiful. We'll, we'll talk about you guys' writing process and, and how you guys kind of come together for these songs. For these songs, a lot of times, Lucas comes up with an idea and brings it to the rehearsal space. Sometimes it's a few riffs or a couple parts. Sometimes it's a really complete demo. And it always, and then the band, we're pretty quick learners. They can quickly learn the parts and try them out instantly and see whether or not we like it. And then everyone will start, you know, sometimes I'll hear something in my head, and sometimes Sam will have a suggestion, Herman will just do different beats. A lot of people, everyone is talented at their own craft. So they, meaning if Herman hears a drum beat, we're obviously gonna, we're gonna try it out. Mm-hmm. And, and so everyone, absorbs absorbs it and then the the songs and we play them quickly and we're able to, to see if the idea works or not so it's a fa- it's a, a fast process so a lot of um you know like it, it can come together quickly because lucas can demo it at home we can learn it at home and then practice it right on the spot at practice or it can just be presented right then and there everyone's capable on their instrument I like it when the songs um, are played over time and that, you know, you have an initial idea of the song and you will hear better parts. You'll find ways to polish it and perhaps rearrange it to make it better. You know, I don't like just like an assembly line style process where you just boom, here's a song, let's do it, play it and then go. I like it when everyone has the opportunity to absorb a song and then also put their own input in it. And it always helps the song be stronger at the end. Uh, Lyrically, it's always been, it's Lucas's job, 100%. And uh, that's that's our quick analogy of our writing process. Well, you mentioned uh, more of a raw sound on this new EP. Like, what... Could someone expect besides that that might be a little bit different than dehumanized? 
Well, the songs were written in a different era of the band. Dehumanized are not the first batch of songs, actually. We went through two years of different lineups and uh, different songs. So Dehumanized was an era of the band, one of those five tracks, as is, and then the next six are like the following year. And they represent what, like once after Sam joined the band. And I do feel that they all have different personalities. There's some slower songs on it. The Put Away Wet song, well, we've had faster songs before, but that one was unique and that had more of a punk rock feel. And then it had um, like a doom section in the middle. Um, and then the production will be different and I have yet to hear it. You know, I'm excited to hear how it comes out. This is a different uh, process that's been involved. So we'll see how that, that comes out. And when I said raw, or I, I, I think that, yeah, Lucas was going, he wanted like a different guitar tone. So we'll, I'm waiting to hear that. So that's, that's my best to sum that up. So you said the end of March, is it something that's completely recorded and you guys are just waiting on the, the mastering, mixing, all that stuff? Well, it's, it's recorded and it needs to be mixed right now. I mean, we're under the gun as far as time is ticking. Right. So all the, all the parts, all the vocals and the music is recorded and it needs to be mixed and mastered and it needs to be replicated. We're right now also directly in the middle of creating the graphic layout and getting the artwork done because we're um, 100% independent right now. We have to do all these, all these steps to create the album. So that's where we're at. Do, do you like, do you like that pressure? Does it motivate you a little bit more or, you know, being under the gun like that? No, I don't. <laughs> I wish we had a couple, I wish we had a couple more weeks. Yeah. I do find it exciting to be completely in control of all these parts, although it can be a bit overwhelming, but at the moment it's kind of fun. Although, it did get a bit worrisome when, you know, we had an idea for an album cover. First, you got to pick your artist who you're gonna who you're gonna work with. Then we had an idea for an album cover and we got it back, the interpretation. And they're like, "Ooh, no, that's you know, it's that is our idea, but you know what? It doesn't translate. It doesn't translate exciting enough usually. So then we had to go back with the artist. Like, you know what? How about your interpretation? What would you do with with this? And then he gave us a couple more ideas. I'm like, oh, wow, that one is really good. And that worked out. Now, being, you talk about just like a time limit, and I would hate to not make the time limit, but, that, you know, that's life. We're, we are on top of it, and hopefully it gets done in time. I think it's going to be down to a couple of days. <laughs> hey, that works. So <laughs> as long as it works. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We'll find out. But it's, 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 it's an interesting – it is an interesting process to, to get it all done. 100% independent and take care of every single step along the way. So, yeah. You know, one of these days I do hope to play Tulsa. We always play Oklahoma City. What clubs are left in your town? What well, would a band like Boyd Vader play there? Yeah, we've got a few places. Like there's a place called the Vanguard, a place called the Shrine place called Mercury Lounge that all seem to, you know, bring in touring acts and heavier bands as well. Yeah, those places would be up your alley for sure. 
Then like us could play, that'd be great. Send me some links so I can kind of put it in the memory banks. And uh, I want to hit that. That's, yeah, that's one of the yeah, cool definitely. things about touring is like specifically trying to target a place if you can, if it's all, you know along the route. And visit your friends who want to come by and say hi. I've only played Tulsa like, hmm, I want to say maybe three times. Once was with the sword, and once was with Valiant Thor. It was in downtown lounge, and I think you guys were there for that one. We might have done, and we definitely did one more like independent. These are all Gypsy Hop tours back in the early 2012 to 13 era. Yeah. Need to come back and check it out. We this will be. I think we're gonna hit Oklahoma City again this particular tour. I was reaching out to our booking agent, and uh, you know, I kind of put together a routing, an idea, a direction, and then you have to work with it as it, as day by day as it goes, because not everything is gonna be available, and you seek alternate routes and alternate cities. So I have yet to see what has been where we were at. Void Vader was a, a part of your No Legacy compilation. I was curious how you picked the bands that you wanted to be on that and everything. Oh, the No Legacy, the vinyl compilation. Did I, uh, did I send you guys one of those? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, we've got a few left of that. That's nearing its final, you know, it's a limited run. There was 500 of those that were made. And no Tanner from the band Madras, which was the third band featured on it. Yeah, he's coming by to pick up 10 more, and then I'll have like 13 left. But anyway, the way that I found those bands was by performing with them. And at the time, I was in a band called Ironaut, as well as doing Void Vader. And we played shows between uh, San Diego and San Francisco. And also, God, we're Sacramento as well. And that's where I met Astral Cult, which is kind of the doom... Uh, like a what's the other word I'm kind of a hippie doom but that's a druidic I think that would be a better term for him druidic doom band from Sacramento I played shows with, with every band on that compilation presented the idea and, I was, and a lot of the guys were into it and chose to participate and as that you know nearing the end of the cycle of the albums of that and it was a success. It's something that is in the back of my mind and perhaps doing a volume two here. That was kind of uh, one of our next questions. You know, it, you know, if you were going to do a second one and who would be on it? Yeah, who would be on it? I would have to just reach out to bands that I like, bands yeah. that we perform with regularly. That's, that's kind of a part of it is not just random bands. It's bands that do perform together and are, are part of the scene, part of this underground scene, not necessarily the same exact type of band, meaning not every band's going to be Stone or Doom, not every band's going to be Thrash, Death, etc. <clears throat> Excuse me. Like, but bands that do share the stage together uh, in these underground venues. And it wouldn't have to be limited. I can, you know, we've done some tours here, perhaps some other bands from other parts of the country. But that's the first first guys and, and gals I'd reach out to. That was a new one. Yeah, I love the thing because it introduced me to several bands I didn't know. And Jason bought a Zimani shirt and was wearing it at a final drive show we went to and the guys came up to him and were like, how do you know that band? 
That is awesome. (laughs) That is absolutely what I'm talking about. That's so cool about that. I know Zamani tours a decent amount. Did they make it through? Did they come out to Tulsa one of these shows or you just get it online, that t-shirt? Yeah, I you know, I, I really love that band and I, I, I got it online and I got the cassette and then you know the uh the final drive guys saw me at, at, at their show and came up to me and that's cool, you know, that's how it happens and that's how you know uh, you know, good music isn't gonna get played on the radio anymore. We know that. So it's word right. of mouth, really, and it's up to us, and that's kind of how it happens, and I think that was really cool. Well, that's the entire idea, exactly what happened there, where yeah. you got into a band enough to buy their shirt, you go to see a final job show, and I think those two bands have done, you know, just done a couple shows coincidentally, and that's an exact example of this uh, underground scene, and when I say underground, it doesn't mean that every band is is death metal what i mean by that is bands in this circuit that are touring on a diy level yeah that run into each other and final drive would be a perfect example we did a week-long tour with them uh, a year ago and uh, i was up and down the west uh, california mostly you know i did make it out to, to reno nevada but essentially up and down california and that's how we got to meet those guys become friends. I just went to the Viper Room to see the singer Jordan, his new band Against the Graves. Yeah, I've heard about that. Yeah, they played their first show opening for Scum Love and so it's a small heavy metal world. That's cool. <laughs> yeah, Joey, I mean, unless I said this already, in fact, I think I did, but the drummer who was on the Final Drive tour, he's who we reached out to because he lives in Connecticut and, and had a lot of connections and really helped us book a show out in, out in New Haven. Yeah. So we stay in touch, all of us. And, you know, the ones of us that you, you, make, you make a lot of friends doing this. Changing gears slightly. Like, yeah. can you talk about why Iron Not ended? Oh, well, yeah, definitely. Uh, the guitar player had a bad drug problem and I've never seen a drug problem to this level, but I truly saw it change his actual physical and mental chemistry. And, uh, the first year was great. The second year things started to go downhill. And then what remained in the third year was an absolute living nightmare every day. And, uh, what happens when the drugs take over to that extent, they're calling the shots and you never know when someone's going to be awake or asleep or if they're going to be cool or if they're going to be psycho or what's going to happen. And it's all uh, fun and games for the person who's in that situation. Cause honestly, as long as they got dope or whatever they're on, you know, I mean, then they're, they're having their party and everything's great. But if you're trying to do something where you need to rely on somebody, it's, it's a living hell. And we shouldn't put that thing down a long time ago because it, the situation became very clear and problems would arise. And what would happen is Ivan, the, who was a drummer, and myself would fix whatever problem we'd make up for whatever the guitar player couldn't do because he was so messed up. And so every problem that we fixed, the next problem would get more severe and worse. 
and we fix that one. And the next, and it's kind of almost like, well, <laughs> it's a, a, a cruel twist of fate. I don't believe it was intentional, but it could have been. So every problem we fix, the next one would just get more and more severe until we had a final meltdown at a live show. That was a complete boiling embarrassment that I've never been a part of. I couldn't even script it in a movie. <laughs> and, and so that was the end of the band. And the only thing that was good about it, if you will, is that that band unfortunately should have been put down a year previous because the messages were so clear. But both Ivan and I really loved that band. So we worked very hard to keep it going. So um, even though everyone else could see that it was a mess and it was, it was, it's not worth it. You have to walk away from situations that are like that. Yeah. And, and finally it, it, a situation became so severe that we put the band down and it, it finally put it to rest. I mean, it be, had become a living problem that we were trying to work out that was impossible. So that portion of the stress and headache vanished from my life um, in, in a, in a sad way, things shouldn't. And that's the other thing about it is like things shouldn't be allowed to escalate to that level how, where that's how it ends. That's really tragic, but it, it did finally, there was no coming back from it. So that's how um, Iron I went down in a cliche, but as much as we've all heard, we watched the TV shows behind the music and read the books, you still have to, unless you live it and go through it, it's shocking and surprising when you actually have to confront the issues that you never thought you'd see with your own eyes. Because they are just stories that you're to you've been told that you really kind of take as stories. But, you, but when you have to deal with the consequences of, of uh, the problems that arise from it, it's a whole new level. So... That's, that's what happened to, to Ironot. And the, what's good about it, and I'd known this for a long time, but I didn't want to walk away from Ironot because I liked it. You know, I didn't want to quit Ironot. I knew it was a sinking ship because Pat was out of control. And it, it wasn't, you can't work with someone like that. You know, they're going to let you down. You know, you, you can't rely on them. But anyway, uh, I finally was able to focus on Boyd Vader and boom, Boyd Vader took off because I was able to put all my, to help, you know, not, <laughs> what am I trying to say? It, yeah, it helped, you know, it was for me anyway, I was able to focus on one thing and yeah, maybe that helped um, Boyd Vader take off. Maybe I was holding it back in a lot of ways because I was half in half out. If you want to look at it like that. Mm -hmm. Right. Earlier on, you mentioned Adam from Scattered Hamlet, and whenever he was playing with D. Snyder, you filled in on some Scattered Hamlet yeah. shows, correct? Like what yeah, was, that was this summer. How did all that go? Oh, it went great. It ended up being about a week-long trip because Adam had, had contacted me, and at first they were going to do a tour, but the tour, uh, I was already had booked a tour with Void Vader. And so those dates didn't match up. But what did work was the Sturgis show. So they had two shows at Sturgis, and they'd been working on that for 10 years. Now, this whole time, you know, year after year, they got close, and they didn't quite get the gig. 
Well, in the meantime, Adam had been given this opportunity and that chili bowl. There's two Adams. There's Adam Jode. And there's, there's chili bowl, the guitar <laughs> player. And uh, he got offered this gig uh, through the, there's just like so many connections. Who fucking cares? He got offered this gig to fill in for D Snyder for these headlining shows and these festivals in Europe. I mean, it's kind of ridiculous. When the hell does that happen? Can you imagine getting that phone call? Right, exactly. He's like, oh my God, seriously? Absolutely, I'm dying. So he signs up for that. So he's committed to that. And then, of course, I'm going to say a day, a week, right after that, essentially, Scattered Hamlet gets a call and says, hey, we got you. You guys want in on uh, to play Sturgis. We'd love to have you. We want you to open for Kid Rock and Lita Ford. We're going to have you play one of the other, you know, this bar in the same complex the night before. So then they're like, motherfucker. <laughs> so they're looking around and it's getting to last minute. And I used to be in Scattered Hamlet back in 2012. I was kind of like their fill-in guy. Um, and, and I'd done a tour on bass and I'd done a tour on guitar. And I was in Gypsy Hawk, but like Gypsy Hawk wasn't doing anything for that summer because Eric Harris was out with, uh, with Huntress. Yeah. So we had a lot, of, we had a lot of history. So I said, yeah, give me the dates. Okay. I can do it. And, uh, sat down and, and learned, I had to learn a lot of stuff. I, I was like, I thought it was going to be, not only when you play these big shows, it's like a 30 minute set. And if you're lucky. And so I figured, okay, um, we'll learn like 45 minutes of song for then. It turns out, he goes, dude, you're going to chill me, but the show the night before we got to play something ridiculous, like an hour and a half. <laughs> and, and let's do a cover band. Most original rock bands don't play an hour and a half long set until they're headlining somewhere, yeah. right? A big show. So I was like, you got to be fucking kidding me, motherfucker. But <laughs> so I did. So I learned this huge, massive set. And then Rich and I flew out to Kansas City. And there's this club called Aftershocks that um, Scattered Hamlet's friends with. This guy, Corey, who let us rehearse there. Because I had learned the songs on my own. That's just on my own. Adam lives in Pennsylvania. And Rich lives down in Blackie's uh, here in town. Chili Bowl, they got a new drummer. Chili Bowl was overseas. They got a new drummer. He's from Nashville. So everyone is spread out. So we flew into Kansas City and rehearsed for two straight days. And then we drew, drove up to South Dakota, which is where, yeah, that's where South Dakota, right? Where Sturgis yeah. is. Yeah, and then we did the shows. And they were great, man. It's been a long time instead of, since I've played in front of a big crowd. I've, I've been playing in front of club crowds for a long time now. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, we it was still, of course, a clusterfuck as always. Always! <laughs> Even when you're playing a big stage, there's it's, it's like we we're waiting. Leah Ford sound check went forever long, way super late, like an hour late. Who knows why? It's funny. I, I got there and, and Patrick Kennison is, is Leah's guitar player, and him and Lucas from Boy Vader were in a band called Heaven Below together. And I go, "Hey, Patrick, what's going on?" He goes, "What are you doing here? I'm playing the show. We're opening for you today." So. Oh, it's just like a cool, you know, small world moment. But anyway, their sound check went forever. And then right after that, they had this dance troupe, these like super hot stripper girls who go out and like parade around in, in bikinis and American flags. And then they're basically like, all right, guys, let's go. 
and we had not had any sound check or anything like that. And so the and so they're just like, all right, Mike Serrano, let's do it. So you just thrown into the fire, and that's that happens more often than you than you would think. You know, you think these <laughs> things are like everything is uh, fine tuned. Never, it's always last minute. I've had that happen many, many times. But the shows were great, dude. Um, that was I got to fill in for scattered, and everyone was happy. We drove back and flew into Kansas City and then flew home. That was a good week. It was great to, to hang out and play with those guys again. Um, like, like I said, just playing a big fucking stage in front of a lot of people. It was great just to get out and, and do that. That's how that went. And Kid Rock was great, too, actually. We were packing up, and we had to, to, to store things and get the van back to the spot. And we did. We were able to uh, hang out for well, some of Lisa's set, she was sick that day. Patrick killed it on guitar, I can tell you that. Oh, yeah. And, uh, and I haven't seen Kid Rock since he performed Metallica at the Pontiac Silverdome on, the, like, on Y2K when it was turning to the year 2000. Wow. And I haven't seen him since then. So his, his show, was, if you had never seen it before, it's pretty sweet. I mean, there's a, a point where he stopped the song and a midget comes out with a silver tray and he opens it up and it has a cigarette in it and then like uh, Kid Rock puts it in his mouth and then the midget lights it and he takes a puff and he puts it back and then they walk off and boom they start the song right back up where they left off <laughs> that's, it was, that's great yeah that's it it's, it's fun yeah. well, mm-hmm. not that long ago I saw on Facebook you were talking about the band Haunt, and I checked them out. Yeah. These guys are mm-hmm. fucking great. So what is it about them that makes you think they're going to blow up? Well, because when I was in Iron Knot, um, the, the singer and the guitar player, so Trevor and right off the top of my head, Jason is a guitar player. I, I apologize if I'm incorrect, but they're both in a band called Beastmaker, and that's how I, yeah, I got to know that camp. And um, that was how many years ago? Maybe three years ago. So I'd seen them again as they came to town. And then I heard about the new band Haunt. And uh, so I've been going to their shows for a while. But what I'm noticing, not only is the band solid and tight, it does a lot of traditional metal. You know, they got guitar harmonies, they have great solos, they have hooks in the songs. Both guitar players can sing. It's actually the, the... the one dude plays bass in Beastmaker, but he plays guitar in Haunt. And then Trevor plays guitar as well. So they got all the basses covered, if you will. But also, I noticed that when I go to see their shows here in LA, that all the guys from all of the band. Oh, my battery is low. Hopefully, that my phone doesn't just cut out or actually it's the uh, Bluetooth speakers. But anyway, um. So you go to the show and you see, oh, I know this guy, I know that guy. These are kind of people that don't come out that much. And some people that are too cool for school, if you will. And they're all there supporting this band, as well as all these record label people and all these industry people. And so that I just observed that. And that's a, another sign that everyone seems to be digging this band from all these different cliques of metal. So they seem to be the ones that everyone is giving their thumbs up for. So it's just an it's just an observation 
but uh, they're a great band. Did you? Uh, what did you think of them? Oh, I loved it. Yeah, I mean, it had that kind of old school kind of new wave of British heavy metal sound, but still sounded fresh as well. Yeah, and that's important too, not just to sound like 1978. Feeling, sounding fresh, it's just about making music, and it's a way of describing it. You know, when you say new wave of British heavy metal, I mean, it's not like it's going to sound exactly like Diamond Head or Angel Witch, but that is a school that sound comes from. And uh, I think I think they're a good band. So I just I got inspired that next day just to write a little story about it. A lot of people seem to dig it. I, I haven't heard them yet, so this makes me want to check them out. I'm going to have to do that. Fuck yeah, man. Final question for you is I saw another thing where you were talking about the Doyle interview from yesterday or the day before, and you were defending it. Yeah. A lot of people are kind of mad about what he said, even though I, I agree with great, what he said. Man. I just think Go he ahead. said it in a harsh way, you know? Well, what's that, man? No, I said, I I don't see a problem with what he said. I guess he just said it in a harsh way, so it kind of set people off because they didn't really read into what he was really saying. Yeah, I think that's part of it. He's a character. He's playing a character. It's exactly, honestly, what I kind of expect. Um, I feel like rock stars have been really neutered and really been forced to act like a like like uh, a bunch of PTA members, a bunch of goody goody two shoots. I love it that he, that he was showing some attitudes. Like I don't fucking want to meet these people. I don't want to have some forced meet and greet. He's punk rock. He's from a punk rock band. I mean, it's all fake. He's like, I have to do that because I have to make a living. And this is one of the ways what I have to do now. And I thought it was just really honest. Now, people think that's being arrogant. And, you know, sometimes I don't expect these. I mean, I consider him as a legendary rocker. I don't expect these guys to be a lot of it's fake. Everyone gets upset if they get some attitude. You know, no one likes an asshole, but do you, do you see what I'm saying? Where like they're being forced to be yeah. fake nice to everybody. Yeah, I mean, and that's that's not cool, and it and it's not natural. It, we're all you know, we're all human. I mean, it, you know, I, I I you're not always gonna like everybody. Every everybody's not always gonna like you. I'm sure there's tons of bands I love that's probably got dudes in there that I don't like or something, but it doesn't ruin my day you know well i can't ruin your day but no i exactly <laughs> um like how can i explain it like these dudes are being basically being put on a leash yeah. and being forced it's circus side shows to pre- pretend to be nice to everybody and i love this honesty i, I don't want to do that shit and once again i mean i don't even know that much about his history i'm not the hugest misfits fan um, but when I think of punk rockers, I don't think of them going out of their way to help old ladies cross the road and, <laughs> and uh, you know, be Disney stars. So I definitely, I definitely, I know what he's getting at. And so I had to, you know, all these people just acting like, like they own these rock stars. Like, yeah. I think a lot of people are going to realize that these dudes are not able to, to make a living and they should be able to they should be able to go out and simply do their craft and they're being forced 
to do these uh, circus sideshow attractions, like these these VIP meet and greets, and it's not it's, it's you know meeting people uh, organically is one thing, and that's cool, but they, they are being forced to do that because that's the only way they can make a living, and it's not cool, and it's not rock and roll. You know, this is taking a rock band. It's supposed to be this dangerous entity that comes up on stage and and destroys. And then, you, you know, you got to go kiss grandmas afterwards and shit. <laughs> right. You know, like a, bunch of, like a bunch of politicians, like a bunch of phony politicians kissing babies. It's like, no, nah, it's not rock and roll. And it's not cool. I know exactly what he's trying to say. So, like, you know... <laughs> I just had to speak up about it. And, and people are like, oh, my God. First of all, none of these people are even the ones that – no, everyone's just talking to hear their own voice. Right. You know? It's like, like I, I bet his fans will hate him. I bet – no, I don't think so at all. And I bet you're just – you're not – you weren't a fan to begin with, and you weren't one of the people behind a $50 meet and greet. And I did see that. I saw his show, and I saw the line of people that did buy that and – they go through the line like a bunch of cattle, and they do get their autographs, and maybe a lot of them think it's cool. But uh, I saw that in action. I did about a year ago. So that was that was my input on that. Not a big deal. <laughs> just had to. Kind of, I felt the need to stick up for it, just like when everyone thought that Lars was a bad guy back in back in the day. I bought a T-shirt from uh, Jamie Jasta. Has made a line of T-shirts that said. Lars is right. Or Lars yeah. was right. <laughs> yeah. I, I, compl- I was like, I have to get that shirt. And now everybody's saying it. Everybody knew he was right from the beginning, but it wasn't, not that it was PC culture back then, but it wasn't cool to agree with him because he was standing up for the establishment and somehow Napster was looked at as like rebellious and what the youth were about. But I, I felt the need back then just to speak my mind not that anybody fucking cares <laughs> just well, to listen to my own voice <laughs> yeah. well man we appreciate you taking the time to do this it's cool to catch up on void vader and hope to see you coming up this year yeah it's always great to talk to you guys and come on out if we can't make it to tulsa i hope maybe perhaps you could consider doing a road trip if we get up to Oklahoma City, and Definitely. we will be on tour here this spring, late March through uh, through late April. Right on. Check out Void Vader, everybody, and uh, take care. There you go. Eric Kluber from Void Vader. Huge thank you to him for taking the time out of his day to talk to us there for a while. Kind of covered a lot of stuff. I'm really looking forward to what Void Vader has coming here in Basically, a little over a month, the way it sounds. Yeah. Yeah, Um, it's not too far off. I can't wait to hear it. Yeah. He's got the, they've got their tour dates coming here in a couple of weeks, he said. So be on the lookout for that because it sounds like, you know, they're based out of California, but he said they're going to the East Coast, and I'm sure they'll hit stops in between. So hopefully we get the chance to finally see him. Yeah. So, yeah, once again, he's been on this podcast before, so dig back. And find that. That's his second time on here. Huge fan. So very glad to have him here. If this is your first time listening and you want to go back and find some old episodes, we mentioned Scattered Hamlet. 
Those guys have been on here multiple times. Yes, they have. Adam Joad by himself, and then the full band, like three other times, I believe. He's about to do his own YouTube channel. I can't, yeah, he's going to surpass us, and it's going to oh, be yeah, perfectly fine because he's he, amazing. Yeah, he deserves it, and I can't wait to see this shit. Yeah, I know. It's going gonna, it's gonna to be fucking magic. I will be an avid subscriber, avid watcher. <laughs> right. But yeah, besides Scattered Hamlet, we've had on guys from, we mentioned early on, Saxon, Biff yeah. Byford. Biff Byford's been on. Uh, we've had uh, guys from Clutch, Corrosion and Conformity, uh, Insight, which uh, I heard, I listened to some of their new stuff today again, and Kirk Winstein is on a song with them. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. On on one of their, and, and then Chris Barnes is on a song. Wow. So you need to check that out. I think that's a band that could hit the next level pretty soon. They need, or a step up from where they're at. You know? They they should. They they definitely deserve it. But yeah, yeah I mean, we've had guys from Megadeth, Seven Dust, um, Gene Simmons from Kiss, Bruce Kulick from Kiss, um, Jimmy Bauer from Superjoint, um, and I Hate God. Um, just all kinds of dudes. Yeah. Death Angel, Prong, Thin Lizzy, Shine Down, Shooter Jennings. Dig through there. Find out what you want to hear. It's soundcloud.com backslash Thunderdash Underground. You can also listen on iTunes, Google Music, Stitcher, TuneIn, Mixcloud. We're on every Monday night at 7 p.m. Central on 1027WSNR.com. We're also something else. Oh, yeah, YouTube. YouTube. We, we talked about in, the YouTube. Already. I want to mention again because we didn't really go into <laughs> what we did here okay. in the past. Since we saw you last time, <laughs> we have uploaded a good seven, at least seven videos. Like we finally delved into the the video portion of this, which yes, people have been asking us to do it. So here we are. You get to look at our beautiful faces. Well, you get to look at Trent's beautiful face, not mine. Right. Nothing beautiful about it. But <laughs> it's there nonetheless. Yeah, so we said we did the Saxon review. We talked about the new Motley Crue trailer, the trailer for the Dirt movie. We talked about... Cheese. Yeah, Cheese. Guns N' Roses and Def Leppard have branded cheese from Aldi. So we did a taste test, and we talked about that. We talked about new songs from Tesla... We had a video with a new song from Whitesnake, a video and a review of the new EP coming from Jim Wilson. Check that one out. It's fucking great. And there's going to be a ton more stuff coming. So, like I said, YouTube.com, hit subscribe, at Neathon Underground. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, all that other great stuff. Patreon.com, Thunder Underground. Send us a few bucks. And then... DethonUnderground.com. That's the only thing I'm missing. That's right. That's the one to remember, probably, because you can find everything. <laughs> yeah, it's you all don't have under, to remember yes. everything I just said. Just remember <laughs> that one. All right. I think we've run our course here. We're done. All right. Until next time. Thunder Underground, y'all.